Welcome back to the Alts Podcast. I'm your host, Horatio Ruiz. We bring you industry leaders and creators to give their insights on the rapidly changing and exciting world of alternative assets. Opinions expressed on this podcast by the host and podcast guests are for informational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. Podcast hosts and guests may maintain positions in the offerings discussed in this podcast. Hello, Alts community. I hope you've enjoyed the summer. Thank you for joining the podcast. Today's guest is Dutch Mendenhall, the CEO and founder of Rad Diversified. Starting in 2017, Rad Diversified has specialized in finding below market residential and mixed use properties, fixing them and collecting rents. Today, Dutch discusses Rad America, the company's new foray into farmland and raw land development. Dutch has a ton of opinions and his passion shines through in our talk. He gives us an update on Rad and serves us with a great business talk. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Dutch. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining the podcast uh, today. I got a special one. It's a, a big one for, for Alts because we got a company that was, according to Stefan, the second sponsor in the history of our company when we were just getting started with you know a bunch of different newsletters. And now, you know, three, four years later, here we are. We got Rad Diversified. We have the CEO and co-founder. Dutch Mendenhall. Dutch, thank you for joining the podcast. Man, I feel like I need to raise the roof after that, bro. Three, four years ago, we were one of the first sponsors. I love that, man. That's pretty cool. That's exciting. And we only come back if it worked, right? So the only time, you know, we ever would sponsor or reinvest with someone is if if, if it works and it was, you know, successful. And we, we we try to track that as much as we can. But man, we've changed a lot in three or four years too. That That's a great point. That's a great point. Like, you know, you got you typically, you know, when you're starting a company, right, like things are so different that, you know, the companies kind of go separate ways. But it's great to see that you guys are still coming back. And I mean, I guess that speaks volume for, for both of us. I hope I hope I can say that. You know? Yeah, for sure, brother. For sure. Dutch, you, our, our, our audience is, is very familiar with, with Rad Diversified. You know, we've had you guys as, as sponsors. We've done a, several deep dives as well. So people are, are pretty familiar. And if they aren't, well, here's another opportunity for them to kind of yeah. learn about the company. You do have another separate sort of initiative, a separate kind of a fund, if you will, that we're going to talk about. But I first wanted to talk about, you know, Rad Diversified. What is up? You know, what's the latest there? If you could fill us in on that. Yeah, man. The latest with Rad Diversified. This is exciting times, bro. Things are changing, right? The market's changing. The economy's changing. They keep raising interest rates on us. I I literally watched Buffett buy a billion dollars and and, you know, new construction, new home builder stock right and that always gives me optimism for the future right when it comes yeah. when you're into into the home business right and i yeah. i'm looking at it and like we're buying deep right i think this is the time right now we're going to go into a recession right we're going to go into an economic right downturn where it's very clear right i don't know that we're going to go as far as a depression even though one of my friends the other day was painting a doomy gloomy picture he's a, he's, a, he's a bit of an economist but here's what it is at rad is we're buying deep right we're buying a deeper discounts than we have, I think, in the history of Rad Diversified, right? We started at ten dollars a share in 2019. We're currently at 2504 a share. And I never have bought in properties like this before. A little bit earlier this year, I bought a 28 house short sale deal. If anybody knows what a short sale it is, it's basically if somebody owes more money, right, to the bank than what the property is worth, then you negotiate what's called a short sale. Well, I hadn't done a short sale going back to like the 2007, eight right? Six, nine, right? Probably 2008, maybe the last time I did a short sale. And so for me to do a short sale earlier this year, but it was not just a singular house short sale. It was one 28 houses all at once. 
And, and so, so it was, you know, pretty good deal for us that went through and, and amazing. We just put under contract 134 house deal, 134 houses at less than hundred thousand dollars a door. And, and so, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing, pretty amazing. Might be just a little, forgive me. We final, final purchase. I want to say it's like 14.9 million for 134 houses. So a little bit over a hundred thousand dollars a door. And we, we, our original offer was less than a hundred thousand dollars a door. Cause you start low, right. And then you start working your way up. And if they, if they don't counter back on your first offer, you probably offer too much money. Right. So, so rad, we're just buying these portfolios right now of, of residential, really good properties. We built up our, since we started back in the day, I know Florida wasn't even really a blink in our eye, but now it's our second largest market of buying real estate. We have some pretty cool land deals in Florida too. So we have these, these new construction, right? Potential development land projects. We bought one, blow your mind. We bought this one, I want to say it's 63 acres and we bought it for 1.2 million, right? We had an wow. offer the other day for 3.5 million, right? And, but, but, but land in Florida is just going through the roof. Like you can't find new construction development land for less than like 150,000 an acre. We just put a golf course um, under contract there in Florida. Um, and we might develop that, that golf course with new construction, right. And turn it into a land property land deal. But we picked that up um, at about, gosh, it's 120 acres for 1.8 million. So we picked it up for about 1500 an acre, right. Um, which is pretty mind blowing because this is dead middle suburb of Florida. Right. So that, that could be a really smoking hot deal for us. So there's just, there's just these opportunities right now. So you got to navigate them. You got to decide where you're going to put your money and you got to put your money in smart. And you got to look at three, four five years from now, what's going to make the most amount of money, you know, for, for yourself. But then, you know, it's very different than we were 24 months ago where it was all, you know, how do we take advantage of this hyperinflation? We bought a lot of luxury homes, a lot of high-end, high-end real estate, right? We've completely, you know, stepped off of that now and are focused more back on rental properties. But yeah, but Brad, here's the thing is in 2020, we took a big market share out of our com competition. I listened to, to one thing Dana White said from UFC. He said, like, I'm going to run all over my competition during this. Like if the NBA and the MLB and they, they want to shut down, I'm going to, I'm going to grow my business. Right. I think we're going into this recession right now and I'm going to run all over the competition in this too. So I tell Rad, Rad is fun, man. We've, our employees are getting more experienced, right? You look at 2019, we're like, I want to, gosh, I want to say 50 employees, right? Now we're 150 employees, but, wow. but those employees, you know, that, that really were hired and really grew in 2020. Now they're 2023. And, and so you have this extra experience and so they're just better at what they're doing and our culture is as strong as ever. So, so yeah, Red Diversified is just, I mean, it's just running. I think we just keep buying good deals. At the end of the day, I always say, if we buy the next good deal, we're going to be all right. If we continue to yeah. buy the next good piece of real estate. I know like in all the sophisticated analyzation of real estate and everything else, it's a very simplified thing. But, but here's, here's my thing is like, it, it now is a time I've been waiting for since 2008. And I'm just, I'm so excited. Like our ability to buy tax auction properties again, our ability to buy foreclosures, our ability to buy these portfolios from landlords who struggled, right? The last number of years or are just done with it, right? They just gotten to a point where they're done with it. And all the offers we were making in 2022 that nobody accepted now in 2023, they're all accepting. So, so it's, it's a good time. Yeah. I, I guess it's like the, 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 the tail, you know, two different tails, right? So like if you're an investor, I think now's a great time, especially if you're kind of, if you're a buyer yeah. right now is a good time. But you know, you know, that, that's, that's the thing, like in the news or maybe just from, you know, 
what you hear around, you know, around the corner, you know, wherever your family gatherings you hear, you know, you, you can't buy anything because the, the, the interest rates are so high. And so, you know, I, I, I wonder, you know, what your take is on that, just, you know, as an expert in the industry. Yeah, I mean, when everyone else is running away, it's time to get in, right? Uh-huh. Anything you buy now with a higher interest rate, when the interest rates go down, you'll be able to refinance and have a better rate. So if you can make the math and the numbers work now, then it's going to be amazing as you gather portfolio and you add it. But cash is key, right? And that's right. the thing for us is, is we are a cash company. We, we build up our cash. We have more, you know, money coming in monthly than most people can imagine, right, to buy more deals. I think, you know, an average capital, you know, income for us, $4 million a month, pretty easy, right, that we have coming in yeah. to buy yeah. new properties, to buy new deals. And I guess if you're some multi-billionaire, maybe that doesn't seem like as much, but for a, you know, small, you know, aggressive real estate company, it's amazing, you know, yeah. to have that new capital come in every single month that we can put into new deals and new real estate. And, you know, our inner circle is growing so much too, you know, we've almost doubled the size of the inner circle in the last, you know, 18 months. And so they're doing deals, all our joint venture proper partners coming in, doing deals with us, right, is, is, is makes it easier. So it just, I think our power is growing, you know, I think in, in the ability for us to be able to make moves, like if I need to raise money quick to get a deal closed, it's easy. You know, it, it's it's so much work to get to where we are. And so now I get to enjoy it and get to do like kind of my evil genius is I can do deals better than most in the universe. Like I can just see a deal, put together a deal, make a deal happen. But now I got this incredible team. You know, our acquisition teams, 12, 12 elite acquisition team members, right? Laura leading here in California and, and Robert leading in, in Florida and Francis and Pennsylvania, New Jersey and and, and Frankie leading our, our Texas market, right? Like they... They're elite, right? And I always make them go train in Philly because, like, I always say, if they can cut it in Philly, they can cut it anywhere in America. Yeah, um, maybe yeah. the same thing, like where I started in south south side of Chicago, right? Uh, if you can cut it in Chicago, you can cut it anywhere in America, yeah. right? So, like, it's it's interesting, you know. I guess I also started in San Bernardino too, so that part of part was part was a rough city to to to, <laughs> to knock it out in too. But you know, it, it's one of those things. There's certain places, so I our people train hard, but their experience levels and the resources we give them to is pretty, pretty unparalleled. So, you know, we can just put money in places, you know, to bring in deals and buy billboards and everything else to bring deal flow, you know, is, is a lot of people can't do. So I don't know. Things, things are good. Good. I, I, I am enjoying the ride myself. Yeah. Just, just yeah. It. yeah. I mean, it, it sounds like you got a lot, a lot going on. It sounds like, you know, the, the you're growing at, at a healthy rate and, and, you know, that's always Does that even answer your damn question. So you of asked about interest rates. They're going to keep no, no. raising interest rates. It's not going to stop. I'm not sure why. I don't like it. I think it's going to cause a bigger economic recession than, than they want. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know why you want to pull more money out of the economy at this point. But, you know, if they would need to freeze some some prices on some certain commodities for the average American consumer, then let's do that. And let's make sure eggs and milk are affordable for every American. Like, that just makes sense, right? Like, yeah, why, yeah. like in most most countries throughout the world, farming is is a is a thing where the government supports it and stands behind it so they can keep you know, the value of basic commodities for every American reasonable, right? If you right. basic food and gas is affordable for every American, then that's reasonable. And and if we can create, even if Americans have more money, they're simply going to invest it. And, and Americans are never going to get bored with having more money. This isn't the 1900s or the 1800s, right? If Americans have more money, they're going to find somewhere to put it. And if they have nowhere else to put it, then they'll find places like the metaverse to put it, right? The American, Americans will always find a place to put money. And they'll invest it. And I, I love it because the more money Americans have, the more money they'll invest with us. So yeah. that, that's my opinion. I think they need to stop raising interest rates. I think the last time they did this was 1976 to 1980. 
that unemployment got up to 13%. I think we will close in. I, I'm crazy insane prediction, but I think if they continue at this for the next 24 months, we'll see unemployment cl climb all the way to 10%. I, 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 I'm a full believer they will repeat what they did, you know, during the Carter administration, you know, before the 80s hit. And, and, and it's, it's, it's not good. Okay. It's not good. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not sure how that cycle, you know, the deep state, whatever it is, how they move the market so that they can make money. They like things to be, you know, depressed and in chaos because then they can gobble stuff up and then they can, when, when times are really good, then they make a crap ton of money. Right. So, you know, for me, I just got to be aware that this is the cycle we're in. And then like, how does rad win? How does the rad investor win during this time? And, and then that's, that's, I just see it so we can, we can play the game. I love, I love, it. I love the, the response, Dutch. I, <laughs> I can see exactly, you know, you know what you're thinking and kind of like, yeah, you can uh, see it. Like if you pay attention, yeah, you can see yeah. everything I'm talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it, it's funny because I kind of, kind of got transition now into the, into this because, you know, you know, you're talking about real estate and you guys are focused before with residential, you know, commercial residential mixes, things like that. And now you've got this new kind of initiative with, with Brad America and huh. it's focused on, on land, you know, farmland and, and other other types of land, of course. And I'm kind of, I, I know it's always been a part of your portfolio, right? You've always been kind of acquiring land as part of Rad Diversified. And so I guess my question is, you know, Rad America, which we'll definitely put the link up to it. How is that different? How does that, how's that different from your current strategy, you know, and, and, and why now? Why focus on that now? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great thought process, right? I think Rad America is something that has kind of changed the game for us a little bit. And there's a number of reasons why we've, how do I call it, diversified, right? Well, for Thread Diversified and opened up Rad America. One of the reasons is it's just because everybody out there, for us to get the government contracts, for us to get the bank loans, wants our farmland separated, right, from the rest of our portfolio. And so we decided to open up Rad America because we felt like this new initiative would be incredibly powerful, right, for our investors. And I feel like there's a part of protecting our country that's so important to me. I say, if you don't like our veterans, if you don't like our warriors here at Rad Diversified, at the Rad companies at Rad America, don't invest with us. If you don't believe in this country, don't invest with us. And that's not political left, right? If you don't believe in this country, then don't invest with us, right? Move to another country for all I care, right? Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, Rad America is this amazing thing that I came, it's actually my wife's idea, to be honest. So when the pandemic hit, I had a friend named Dustin Warren, who's our head of farm acquisitions, for years and years and years, driving me nuts with talking about farms and wanting us to invest in farms. And I'm like, Dusty, we don't invest in farms. I'm not going to do it. The pandemic hit. And I said, hey, owning a farm during this pandemic doesn't sound like a half bad idea. Um, yeah. And then I analyzed it. And then I broke down the numbers and I started treating each acre like it was its own house, each acre like its own apartment unit, each acre is its own income source. And as I analyzed the numbers, I was finding better cap rates and better financial numbers from the farms than any other piece of real estate I've ever seen in my lifetime. I've never been able to buy stuff that I can analyze and truly believe I could be at a 20% return, a 20% cap rate on cash flow. Like, and there's so much income I could pull off some of these farms within the first 12, 24 months. The first farm we put into Rad America has produced almost a million dollars in income in its first 12 months. Wow. I bought it for $4.5 million for it to produce a million dollars in income in the first 12 months. And it'll stabilize out between 400 and 500,000 a year in income on different years because you have crop rotation. So you'll get different yields, right? on it in different ways. And, and so what we've been able to do is, is really take the entrepreneur spirit at RAD, combine that with, with farming geniuses, 
and 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 the ability to go buy off-market, non-market real estate and see opportunity, see potential, right? Is some of this land in the wave of development, maybe, right? But at the same time, we're buying farms to farm and, and they're producing incredible income. We've added in new construction land as a part of Rad America. And so the we have about $6 million in capital that's been raised in Rad America at the time of this recording that we're doing right now, right? And they might you know be listening to this an hour after it. It could be listened to it two years after you and I are doing this, right? Yeah. We have about $20 million in real estate already into Rad America. We haven't done a stock price change yet. So the first stock price change will be coming this fall with Rad America. So I would personally, as an investor, I would want to be in to this. We've always done extremely well with new funds as we've opened the doors for them. Right. And, and here's the thing is there's not going to be more land than there is now. You can't grow more land, more land. It doesn't exist. Right. The amount of land on this earth is the amount of land on this earth. And you got the gates and others out there buying up land all over the world. You got China buying up land here in America, right? And I think we are a big part of the initiative. You know, there's been a lot of banning of Chinese entities, CCP, right? Buying American land. And I'm all about every Chinese American. You know, I love you, right? I'm, I'm a big believer in, 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 in everyone who's ever been an immigrant to this country and different nationalities. But foreign countries should not be allowed to own our land. And our greatest threat to our sovereignty is by our, by our own DOD, right? Is China. And so they shouldn't be able to buy our land, especially buy our land outside of military bases. And so, so for me, investing in Rad America is about investing in our uh, every uh, most valuable resource we have. And so we're going to produce income on it. We're going to make money with them like we do with everything. Obviously, I have to do disclosures, right? All investments have risk, right? We could be a Reg A offering or a Reg D offering, depending on when you're listening to this. So always just read the offering circulars, make sure you get clarity. Right. If you're accredited, there's a time you can invest with us. If you're not accredited, there's been times you can invest with us. So make sure you get clarity on all of that stuff. Right. And our team can answer those questions for you. If, if, or when, when you talk to them, they don't, they don't do any selling. They just, they just talk to people, right. And help, help you through whether it's an IRA or 401k thing, but right. America is just this thing that I, I don't know if I could be any more in love with, with how a business could be more successful and grow more effectively at, it, at, at its opening of its doors. And I think Americans want to own farms. I think Americans love it. That's why we love, why so many Americans love country music. <laughs> I can tell you're a huge fan of country music. <laughs> I like Taylor Swift early on, maybe. I don't know. You know, I still do. I still like Taylor Swift. I, I like classic country. I do like classic country quite a bit. Um, so Rad America, right? You talk about investing. You talk about you had about $20 million of land. Correct me if I'm wrong with that. That's what I heard. Yeah, between all our companies, we have about $80 million of farmland. Red America has about $20 million of new construction and, and, and farmland. And, and it, they're going to continue to grow, right? You know, each, each new vehicle, when you invest with us, has its own universe, right? Its stock price changes as yeah. its own investment. And so people have a lot of options with us, right? From an investment standpoint, we, we fall, you know, a pretty highly regulated, pretty highly security. You know, we have a third party evaluator of every asset we purchase that, that monitors and measures, you know, the values and those kind of things. And so, you know, for us, we just want investors to know that they have options and they, they, they we're in it for, for the long run. So, so with right America right now, if, if somebody wanted to invest, you have to be an accredited investor, right? And is there, are there, can you take me through like the minimums and you're investing in kind of a portfolio of farmland? Um, yeah. Farmland and new construction land. You have to be accredited investor. If you're non-accredited though, don't feel like uncomfortable with reaching out to us. Right. Because we, we do what's called reggae filings. We will do a reggae filing with Rad America. And so we will put you into a waiting list. Right. And as soon as we're able to bring in non-accredited, we will. 
right? I think yeah. also being a part of our tribe, like I'm not one of those people, like I built different mentoring and coaching programs so that people that aren't accredited have a way they could learn about real estate, learn about investing, grow, expand, but also partner in joint venture into individual real estate deals. And so we have a lot of different things for, so make sure, you know, you, you still, you won't be able to invest in right America yet, right? With, with that part of it, but, but down the road, we'll file a reggae and, 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 and I believe that you will be able to, I believe that's economic discrimination, but that's a rabbit hole. I don't know that, that we want to go, 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 go down. So I don't think it's fair that every American doesn't have equal opportunity to invest in the same thing, same things as every other American. Yeah, uh, totally understand. I know, I know that there's a, a debate about that, about, you know, the accredited, non-accredited and, and, you know, you know, where people can put their money and you see where people are putting their money anyway. And it's just kind of like, well, what if somebody actually wants to invest their money in something like, like this, like right America, and they're not allowed to. I have um, so many like masters in engineering, MBAs, uh, even PhDs that have invested with us over the years and become accredited. Right. But when they mm -hmm. first invested with us through Red Diversified, when we had our reggae, they weren't accredited. And I've had many others that, you know, have worked or been investing their whole adult lives, but have never been accredited. And they don't have the same opportunities as other people. And that doesn't make any sense to me. It just doesn't yeah. seem the right way. That it's not why this country was built, right? We were built so that, you know, everyone, everyone has equal opportunity to happiness, right? And yeah. each of us has the ability to pursue that with, without impediment, right? From rule and regulation that is unfair to every other American. So I'm, I'm pretty passionate about it. I've supported, there's several charities that are, that are, fighting that journey and and I'm, I'm a big supporter of it and i've been pushing this pretty hard the last few years so I, I it worked with china i think we have i was pushing the 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 the, the anti um chinese government owning american land and laws started passing in iowa and arkansas and florida um i by the way to all the the legislatures and 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 people in those states that have done that i just give you mad props totally yeah. totally totally behind you and support you and i think you know we're seeing things on a national level right now so that's a, that's super cool. I think Gavin Newsom there in California needs to step up and, and, and there's some stuff that's going on there with, with the buying of land, but I get, I'm going to get out of politics because we're going to go into the biggest political year and, and all you're going to hear is about politics. And now all, if you're like me, every other American way, I just want to invest my money, right? I just want my money to grow yeah. during this turbulent, these turbulent times. And real estate is the safest, I believe, place to put money. I mean, gold, people say gold, gold, but gold's this thing that's like, it doesn't have any use. Right. At the end of the day, there's no use to it. I mean, maybe for a ring or a piece of jewelry, I don't know, but like, there's no, no real per permanent use to it. And to me, real estate is, is, is permanent use. As always, there's a shortage of housing in America. There are people are always going to need food. So between our farming and our houses, we, I believe, you know, no matter what happens, we, we have the most stable resources in America. So. Well, you, I mean, like uh, you, you mentioned Bill Gates before, and I think, you know, we, we, I did, did some research. Lab meat. Three, What's three, three cities have already legalized lab meat. There's, there's on the docket for 14 cities to legalize lab meat. And, and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm very against lab meat because, you know, we own cows. Yeah. I'm a big believer in American beef. I'm a big believer in grass-fed organic Wagyu Kobe beef, right? I'm a big believer in that. that and I, I think it's amazing. I, I'm healthy as, as, as a lark. And then and my test scores approve it. <laughs> but, you know, the reality is, like, for me, we just bought a, an auction house. For a cat, I'm sorry, we're under contract to purchase an auction house. We're about to close um, on an auction house. And, and, and so like we're scaling, right? The cattle part of our farming business. And, and I believe there's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it. And if you do it the wrong way, it's, it's, it's not healthy, right? I think the same thing, you know, with this lab meat, 
I think I think trying to grow our food in a lab has proven to be detrimental and destructive to Americans. You know, corn syrup and 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 the colas and GMOs and and pesticides in food has proven to to cause people to get sick and it's proven to to make people unhealthy. It's why we have one of the most obese countries in the world. And so like there's there's ways to do it the right way. And 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 labs, you know, for me is not the way. Just not the way. Well, you you went within another direction with, with the labbing. I I I one hundred percent agree with you. I mean, there's a lot of unknowns there, right? But but even in terms of the farmland, right? Like Bill Gates owns the amount of farmland that he owns in the United States is like equal to like one third of Rhode Island or something like that. It's like an immense amount. I mean, think about this: if you're the man behind lab meat, and then your competition are people that own farms, and you just start buying. I mean, Microsoft proved it, right? I mean, they proved it. They proved it, in, and they were they were just destroying competition. Literally destroying them, buying them out, yep. getting rid of them, making them yep. disappear. Right? They, 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 they proved it, and they built a monopoly. Right? And and it's mind blowing. You know, tons of money had to go to Apple, right, because of that, and to other other sources, right. And so this is a long time ago, but the reality is, is like that monopoly. You know, I mean, if he's going to buy American American farmland and then produce his own beef to put out to the world, it, it's it's a way of controlling the marketplace. And so when you're that rich and you're Worth tens of billions of dollars, you can control the marketplace. And so for me, you know, I like being the counter narrative, you know, to 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 what it is. I've always found that to be very profitable and, and to be very successful at the counter narrative. So I don't I don't like the control. So for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna invest and make money on the things that I that I know that are gonna work. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, one of those things with, with purchasing farmland, purchasing land, is it any different? You know, in terms of like, I know once once you go to the Rad Diversified website, you know. It shows that you specialize in kind of buying below market properties, buying home, maybe homes that are a little bit in distress, right? Is it the same situation with farmland? Do you find that you know you're you're getting farmland at a discount? How does that differ from buying uh, physical property, right? Yeah, we are what we are, right? So we are going to work on buying off market, non market, non listed, right types of farmland. Where we're going to work on an economy of scale within the cities we're in. So we're in, well, the states: Arkansas, Tennessee, and Idaho. So we'll continue to grow our footprint within those three states. I think value add is value add. Mm -hmm. On a house, it's can you add square footage? Can you add bedrooms, bathrooms? Can you make the property more valuable, right? Than when you purchase it on farms, it's how can we improve the soil and the yield, right? From, from our farming? How can we farm more acres on a farm than were previously being farmed? You might buy a thousand acre farm, but you're only farming 300 acres. And if you can go from farming 300 acres to farming 600 acres, then you've doubled, right? The amount of you know valuable farmland on that farm now irrigation you know is can be old school and they can have you know pipes and people can move them and they can do all of these crazy things with irrigation or you can run pivots and you can run your irrigation on a cell phone and you can use less water to farm more land and and so for us it's about irrigation rights and how do we control those right and how do we make our farms more valuable and if you go and do the research and you do the homework you might be you know on the same water line as as you know three other farmers who aren't using all of their water and you can go buy their water rights use more water farm more of your land make your property more valuable right and so these are things that yeah. we look for um as a part of the value add and so then we also pay attention to the markets right ukraine and russia went to war we said well what's the greatest you know crop farming that's happening in ukraine it's winter wheat wheat is one of the great or largest producers in the world of wheat so here in america it just made sense that we would grow and grow wheat and so like in, in, in Tennessee, we've had double crop of, of wheat this year, right? We grow it, cut it, then grow it, cut it again, right? And, and, yep. and so, you know, it's been, been great with our Tennessee farms. We've grown them in our Idaho farms, right? But also, you know, during the winter, we were growing 
you know a crop where there was no no farming being done at all and and so that that that's pretty cool so it's just maximizing income but being smart about it you know i have this great team i, I would like to think these were all my ideas but they're not so I, I have a great team that i surround myself with that are smart aggressive people who who like say how are we going to make money how are we going to improve these properties how are, and then like they're people that just have the fascination with it it's just different right you've been you guys started in the the, the trading card right industry there's a difference between a hobbyist and 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 a person who lives it and right. and and, and I, I i like to find people who live this dream yeah for sure you kind of answered the question you know there there are there are and and i've been fortunate enough to you know interview these companies like farm together acre trader i mean you know, different, different organizations that have been doing it solely just, just farmland, you know, and, and you, you answered it already, really. I mean, you, you can tell you, you're passionate about it. You kind of have your, your initiative behind it in terms of. Like, I, I think those might be great companies to, for someone yeah. to invest into, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on here to say that, that, that other companies aren't oh, great yeah, companies no. to invest in, right? I've mm-hmm. always said that, you know, some of our greatest, you know, competitors in the marketplace could be some great companies that diversify and invest in. No investor should put all their eggs in one basket. They should balance, diversify, right? They should spread out their portfolio. For me, I feel like, you know, we're a choice because we're a true operator, right? And, and you can have two companies doing the exact same business. And in my book, Money Shackles, I break this down for people step-by-step, step, like in a 10-point process of checklist. So you can tell the difference between a true operator and a babysitter. But what a babysitter does is they get money and they just go store and they just go throw it out there right? And, and then they wait to see what the returns are, wait to see how it's going to money is. What an operator is, is someone who puts their hands in the dirt. They get nitty gritty with this thing. They understand their business in and out. They are not a hobbyist. They're a true operator. And so, you know, I always compare babysitters to, to hobbyists as somebody who just doesn't really know every aspect of what they're doing from a business standpoint. For us, a true operator is just such a different level, right? Steve Jobs was a true operator, right? Elon Musk is a true operator. Right, a, a founder who's in the DNA of his business that lives, breathes, and dies his business. A babysitter is not one of those. And so, what you have to look at is like, can they? Can somebody out buy me? I don't know, possibly, but but are, do they have a team of professionals out there looking at every piece of farmland? I bought my own house years ago, and I mapped out the neighborhoods my one wife wanted to live into. And I took a spreadsheet and I mapped every single property selling in and out of those neighborhoods for six months. I determined which properties were staying on the market too long. And then I figured out which realtors, right, were the bad realtors in the market. And, and, and I figured out as soon as those realtors started having properties, I knew which properties I could make offers on to, to get it below market. Now, that's not my business side of me. That was just me having fun, right, and, and, <laughs> and buying a house. And so when I bought my house here in California, I probably bought it at 150000 below market, right? Not a property that needed to be rehabbed or anything else, but I found a realtor who didn't call people back. I found a realtor who didn't do showings. I found a realtor who didn't do good pictures online. And so I analyzed my market and went and did it. The same thing we do with farms. Like we know in the cities we live in, we know every single farm. We know how many acres it is. We know how many acres are for sale. We know the names of the owners. We, we, lots of times we know where their kids went to high school, right? And, and yeah. like we get to know this market and then we go and make our farms better than anything else in the market. And they're like, man, they are true farmers, right? There are people that are really going to take, because so many American farmers, they're living the American dream, but it's not their kids' American dream. Right? They, they, they thought they were going to pass it down to their children and their children are like, dad, you've told me I'm mom. You told me I'm poor our whole lives, even though they have a free and clear ranch with a free and clear truck and a free and clear John Deere tractor. And they have, you know, these amazing things, but like their kids, their whole lives have been, and the parents just want to pass it down, but the kids aren't interested. So now right. what do they do from a legacy standpoint? But us, you know, as a buyer, can we be a true legacy? Can we, 
farm it right? Can we treat it right? Can we handle it right? The answer is yes. And so for, for us, there's just, there's a way to play this game at another level. And, and that's how we're going to go play it. And I, I, I think there's other, you know, great companies out there, but we are what we are. Let, you know, let's talk about that a little bit. I like, I like what you said there, kind of, that definitely answered my question of, you know, how are you differentiating yourself maybe in this segment of the market? Let's talk about, about your book, Money Shackles. You know, what inspired you to write it? How can somebody get a hold of it? You know? I mean, I think Wall Street is going to be chaos and disaster in the next 12 months. I think it's been chaos and disaster the last 24 months. It's been all over the place for people. I think, you know, I call Wall Street Bull Street. And there's an alternative space of investing that exists. There's this space of non-Wall Street companies that are public. There's a space of non-Wall Street companies that are grinding. There's what's called, we call it fractionalized ownership. There's crowdfunding, right? And, and for the first time in the history of the United States of America, a normal investor, a non-accredited investor can go out and they can invest in crowdfunding deals. They can be a VC angel investor. They can get in at the start of a company. Imagine if you had a small amount of stock in Apple or Tesla or Twitter or Facebook or Google or one of these giant companies. And you could get in when they were at their beginning. And then, and then you could have the 10X, 20X, 30X return, 100X return some of these companies have provided. But also imagine, right, you could go buy a luxury real estate property on the beach, a $5 million property. Well, an average American is like, I can't do that. Well, even myself, I'm a very wealthy man. And I've grinded. I lived on my own at 16 years old. Both my parents are alcoholics. And I have fought and clawed and grounded my way to be a very wealthy man. At the same time, I can't go buy 20 houses on the beach in the next 90 days. But together through fractionalized ownership, we can buy houses, we can buy properties on the beach together, right? We can buy farmland together. We can buy rental income properties, which is where, which is where the money is going to be at the next 24 months together. And, and so, and, and you minimize your risk by doing it together. And so the alt space, right? The alternative investment space is huge. But then there's also people's basic, you said why? Why is because when I was 18 years old, I bought a car with bad interest rates, was taken advantage of, ended up being a lemon, and it got repossessed. And because I didn't know. I didn't know about credit. I didn't have a relationship with money. I didn't understand things. And then in my 20s, I finally first made money, and I had paid $90,000 in taxes in one year. And I'm like, gosh, that feels wrong. Well, things we talk about in the book will help people utilize their tax code. Every American should own a business. Every American should have more write-offs. Every American should utilize the tax code effectively, right? I should all, their money should also be safer. You'll see all these gurus talk about LLCs for protecting your money, but they don't talk about insurance and how you protect your wealth with insurance, right? They don't talk about trusts. They don't talk about all of these different things that set Americans up. And so there's places to invest money. There's ways to protect your money. There's ways to keep more of your money. And so if I summed up money shackles, it's about a healthier relationship with money than you've ever had in your life before. It's about the vehicles to put your money to work and make returns. It's about keeping your money instead of the government keeping your money. I'm not saying we shouldn't pay taxes, Americans. We absolutely should pay taxes, right? I'm responsible for, for millions of dollars of taxes every single year. So being responsible for that, I'm, I'm happy to pay it. I'm happy to, to have our military out there protecting us in this world. I'm happy to do to certain things. But I'm also happy to keep my money, invest it, make a return, set up a legacy, set up a future for my children, right? Make sure my kids never have to struggle like I did. You know, I, I had times as a kid, I had no idea. I had no idea if I was going to be able to go to college. I had no idea if I was going to make it. Thank God sports helped me keep my act together a little bit. But at the same time, like I, sports isn't what made me any money. I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't that good. I was good enough for it to keep me, keep my head on straight. Yep. That was about enough. 
That's great. How, how can, how can, is, is the book out? You know, how can people get a hold? Yeah, the book's out. You could go to moneyshackles.com. The book is out. You could go to therad.com and get a free chapter and, 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 and see if it makes sense to you. You could call our offices. I think the phone, phone number's up there on the screen behind me, but you guys can't see the screen behind me, but uh, it's 813-367-1237, but go to moneyshackles.com. You know, it, it, it'll be on the, the Wall Street bestseller list, I believe, this month. And, and eventually, maybe it'll be a New York Times bestseller. I think it will be. I think it'll be the largest financial book ever to hit our country. I, that's truly, truly my belief. I, I literally looked at the founders of about 20 companies that people could make investments in, and I think they could make incredible returns on. And after talking with those founders, I said, here's how they succeed. Here's how they fail. I said, here's the ones you can believe in. Here's the things you can't believe in. I said, here's real estate. Here's alternative. Here's AI. Here's all the things that are going on. And here's how you can go make money. And I think when Americans screw up, it's because they don't have a healthy relationship with money. And, and they can't go trust a financial advisor who's never been wealthy. How do you trust a non-wealthy person to make you wealthy? Yeah. That's what yeah. they do with financial <laughs> advisors all the time. And, and so, so for me, you know, we're, we're, we're in that space where I just want people to have the knowledge to go succeed. There's plenty of money in this universe. There's plenty of money in this world. I, I don't like when the government decides they want to have an opinion about money, but, but I, like it. I like it when, when every American can make money. So some of my own personal beliefs. You know, you sound, you, sound like a, you sound like a teacher, like a professor, you know, and I know that's kind of at, your, at, the, at the heart of what you do. I think, you know, from, from what I've read, that's how you start, started Rad Diversified, right? You know, a couple yeah. of your students kind of- Well, I think that's our core, you. right? Core, we yeah. started, like some people teach and they don't do, some people do, they don't teach. Well, in the beginning we were teaching, our students came to us and said, Dutch, put your money where your mouth is and best. I said, okay, um, let's do this. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of fought it a little bit because it's a lot of responsibility. Um, but then but then I said, let's do this. this is what people need this is what people want. Let's do this. And, and suddenly, you know, by investing with people, I went from, you know, an investor with a small portfolio and an investor who was, you know, just making enough, you know, to take care of my family, maybe start building towards my future to a 200 plus million dollar total portfolio now. Right. And, yeah. and that's in four years. And so like for me, there, it doesn't happen overnight. Anybody who says something I actually got, I recently got a press release request for feedback on an article. And they were like, what are the side gigs that can make you rich within a year? And I'm like, none, right? That's a scam, <laughs> right? And, and, but, but over time you can build wealth. If you can have the compounding effect of interest, the compounding effect of money work for you, and you can consistently continue to compound, continue to compound. But it's like compounding, it's like you're stacking each layer on top of the layer. It's like your money having kids and those kids having kids and those kids having kids and all of them making money. And then you start to build something together. And, and so that's kind of how, you know, we look at money and that's what Money Shackles teaches. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great lesson. Dutch, it's been great. I mean, talking to you, but before, before I let you go, I mean, you know, I wanted to make sure that, you know, our listeners really get in, get in tune with, you know, Rad America. I don't know if there's another infographic that you guys can put up there to kind of get, you know, potential investors up there. But is there anything that, that maybe I missed? Is there anything else that, you know, maybe investors can still invest in with Rad Diversified? You mentioned that you have a great team behind you, and it seems like you're always welcoming your, your you know, questions. You're always welcoming your investors to even ask you questions. And actually, one thing that, that, that did kind of surprise me in, in a good way was that you, you, you were holding, you know, monthly meetings with your investors and kind of keeping them up to date with what you were doing. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about that relationship that you have with them? Yeah, we, we do open forum calls with all our investors. We answer every single question with them. Maybe you call them town halls, right? 
but we open, I answer every single question. We talk about the markets. We talk about what's happening in the world, right? I know people pay a lot of money sometimes for that kind of knowledge for what we just, you and I just talked about on this podcast, what's happening, you know, in the markets where you should be investing, not investing, but that's, you know, we believe in open source with our investors. We believe in full transparency. Every time we buy a deal, every time we're rehabbing a deal, you know, we, we give as much information on it as we can. And, and I think that relationship with our investors is really unique. And so we do that every single month, open Q and A open, open mic with them. I think it makes a, makes a big difference. I mean, what else would I share? I mean, be a tribe member, right? Like, like here's the thing about rad is it's not like money is interesting because it can just be this like exchange and like you give me money, I'll, I'll work hard to make sure you get back more money. Right. And in its simplest form, that's what we are. That's our goal at rad, right? That's our goal. Whether it's, whether it's our opportunity zone fund or it's rad America or it's rad diversified, right? If it's any one of our vehicles, Rad Ventures, right? Any one of our vehicles, we're going to work hard to do that. But at the same time, it's more than that here at Rad because there's a dynamic relationship between us and every single individual. I want every single individual to succeed. I don't care whether you have $100 million uh, to your name or you have $10,000 to your name, right? I don't care. And if you don't have $10,000 to your name, then I got some advice for you. Go get $10,000, right? Go, go, go start creating better exchanges. And in our book, we talk about higher and better exchanges. If you don't make enough money, you're never going to have enough money to make an investment that makes an impact. And I know like you'll go watch old school teaching. They're like, well, take $10 of that hundred and invest it. Yay. Right. It's never going to get anywhere for you. It's just not. And so you need to make more money. And so I think one of the first thing that people need to understand is you need to get better exchanges, right? I have employees ask me for raises all the time because I sit here and have this conversation with you and we're talking about exchanges, right? And 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 I, I think I welcome it, right? That means they're paying attention and they're they're listening. And so for me, it's about healthier and healthier exchanges so that you can have more money and you can put that money to work in, in better ways. And so as a part of our tribe, we're not only going to give you the knowledge and the education, but we're going to give you vehicles. And if even if it's not our vehicle at RAT, We'll point you to vehicles that we've seen that, you know, can maybe be very lucrative, maybe be very successful. Granted, all investments have risk, but at the same time, you know, you want to get the best knowledge you can. And the best knowledge is going to equal better decisions. Better decisions can equal a better future. And you're not going to be perfect at it. And so you better get the best knowledge possible. That's what, you know, reason I wrote Money Shackles. What, uh, quick quick follow-up. When you're talking about exchanges, you're talking about actual exchanging you know a conversation with somebody what do you, what do you know what do you, what do you mean well monetary that? exchanges right i mean there's okay. all kinds yeah. of exchanges right but there's a monetary change right everybody has a time like they, they 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 there's certain things in life so in the beginning your best monetary exchange right is usually you start to exchange your time for a certain amount of money that's the original exchange that most people are used to right and then as you start to build you know more wealth you start to increase right the amount of money you make for the amount of time that you're investing. But then eventually you go through an evolution. And when you go through the evolution, you start to exchange the work that you do, right? For, for, for money, because that's always going to be a higher exchange. Right. And then, yeah. and then you get to a point in time where you realize, well, you know, if, if I'm making these exchanges, maybe it's a negotiation exchange, it's a sales type of exchange. And so you can start having more money come for you. Then you get to a point in time where you start to have passive exchanges and you want to have money working for you. You want to have exchanges or people or, or product working for you so that you have exchanges that are happening that you're not having to put work into or time into. And then those exchanges happen and you can be producing income. Because even if it's a small amount of income, but it's an exchange you're not putting the effort into, then, then that's something that's being passive for you. And so these exchanges in your life are very, very important. 
And a lot of people don't understand this concept of exchanges. And so they've not even looked at it. Like, what did I spend six hours doing today? How much of that was high level exchange and how much of that was low level exchange? And did any of the work that I do today maybe potentially increase my exchange? And that's the investment a lot of people don't make into is they don't put effort into their education, their knowledge. They don't put effort. And some people, it's, it's, it's an emotional thing. Like they don't believe they're worth more. And so they don't want to create higher level exchanges, right? And, and the thing is, I know, I know people are, are so valuable. People have so much intelligence. They have so much capability. And I even look at, you know, I have my own team, my own staff that work, you know, with them in the right companies, right? I, I believe in them so much that they can go seek education and knowledge and I'll support them and we'll pay for that, right? And sometimes it's not even directly related to just making Rad better. Sometimes it's just about making them better, right? We have coaches and mentors that work with a lot of our team and, and staff across the board to help them level up and become better because I'm helping, if I can help them increase their exchange in life, well, it'll, it'll change RAD's overall exchange, right, yeah. as a group. And so, you know, this exchange is, is valuable. And, and, you know, it's not a criticism to anybody making minimum wage out there or anybody, you know, fighting to survive, make, making less income. It's just I would encourage them, invest into yourself as a person. And that's, that, that should be the first investment before you even put money into a portfolio, a stock, or anything else. You invest into yourself as a person, right? And that's where Money Shackles helps maybe people understand what is this relationship? How do you become healthy with money? Because we're not born healthy into money, right? My, I, my, one of my own sons, right, could, could care less about money. And my other son actually cares too much about money. And so, like, he gets upset if, 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 if money is like, you know, like, if he had to, when he has to tithe, right? I make my kids tithe and make my kids put money and I make them give money to the house too, which I know, I know not every parent in the world does, but when my kids get money, like, like you're part of this overall family, you're going to give money to the house. So, yeah. and, but my kids are six and seven and they already own a house, right? I've already put a, put money into an IRA for them. I'm probably not describing it as the correct term, but it's a type of IRA retirement vehicle, right? My kids get a salary and an income so that I can utilize the tax code, but also set up a future legacy for my kids and, and they already own a house. So I wish I was six and seven and owned a house. I don't know how many of you out there wish when you were a little kid, you already owned your first houses, but my two boys already, already own their first house. And then I think, you know, before, you know, the next year, I think they'll own their second house and you know, I start building them a portfolio because I don't want my kids to go through what I went through. I don't want them, you know, trying to figure out, you know, do they have to borrow money for rent? Do they have to figure out how they're going to buy their first house? No. Like I was, you know, closing in on 30 years old before I owned my own home. I owned lots of real estate before 30 years old, but I was almost 30 before I owned my own home because I think it's smarter for you to own rental properties before you own your own personal residence. And if you do the math and you understand the math behind it, it's smarter to, to, to own rental properties before it is to own your own home. Not everybody's going to agree with that. That's, that's, that's my voice. I've done the math. So I, I, I believe it. Dutch, I, th I think that there's no better way to end the, the podcast than, than with that, with, with your, your wisdom, you know, your, your expertise in the matter. And so I appreciate you coming on the podcast, spending some time with, with me, with us, our listeners. And, and I really hope that they'll check out Rad Diversified, Rad America. And thank you so much for being a you know, believer in alts as well and being uh, one of the first sponsors ever. Well, we definitely believe in you guys and appreciate you. Dutch, thank you so much. Thank you so much for, for being on the podcast. Dutch Mendenhall, CEO and, and founder of uh, Rad Diversified. I hope you enjoyed my time with Dutch. His passion for real estate stands out, but so does his desire for making a change, helping people with a desire to make good investments, and his belief in self-determination. Check out Rad's newest initiative, Rad America, at radamerica.com. That's R-A-D-D, -D, America.com.
Thank you for spending your time with us. Until the next time, take care.